0: welcome to the okc community podcast we are so glad you're here to get the latest updates or to watch this week's message visit our website at okccommunitychurch.com well today we are in week number four of our series through the book of luke and i want to get into a part of luke chapter two where there's a story that I wanna unpack for us a little bit today because I believe it has some encouragement for us. I believe there's some things that are gonna really help us get fully present, if you will, in his presence. And so it's in Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 22. We're gonna jump right in, here we go. When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. So this is Jesus. The hymn is Jesus. Jesus is still a baby. So we're still talking about newborn baby Jesus here, right? Verse 23. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord. Meaning a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Take your pick. You can sacrifice either. So, every jewish baby would eventually go to the temple with their for their parents to offer some sort of ceremonial sacrifice to receive blessing now just you know this is not like a quiet sleepy saturday morning going up to church to get your you know infant baptism kind of moment that's not what's going on here he's going to the temple and the temple is like the center of of jewish life religious life ceremonial life even social life There are hundreds, probably thousands of people at this temple with the parents of Joseph and Mary are taking Jesus to. It's probably chaos. There's a lot going on. The temple is sacred, but it's not sacred like you and I think of sacred. It's not like prayer room, peaceful sacred. It's like bloody altar, screaming prayers. It's like bellowing goats, squawking birds. It's that's the scene. I think sometimes we we picture, like, peace, and it's like, no, it's chaos, and the Prince of Peace is entering as a baby into this scene of chaos, and he's about to have this really powerful story. I love this amazing picture that Luke gives us, by the way. Luke gives us probably, more than likely, he got this story, this account, from Mary, the mother of Jesus. That's where he heard this story, and that's why we have this picture of this moment in the life of Christ, and it says this we'll keep going. There was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon. Everyone say, hi, Simeon. (laughs) We're going to talk about this guy today who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. If you've ever wondered, what does that mean? What is the consolation of Israel? Well, consolation, of course, means comfort. It means to help. It means to rescue. And so he is waiting For the rescue of Israel, he's wanting the comfort from Israel's grief to come on him. And that is only accomplished through the coming of the Messiah. So in other words, he is waiting on the Messiah, which we are familiar with this feeling if you've been a part of this church for any amount of time as we continue to hopefully wait on revival. It's a similar kind of waiting where we're waiting on the Lord to move in a powerful way. We want to see God do something in our days that would not have been done previously. And this is what Simeon is doing. He's waiting, and it says he's waiting for the consolation of Israel, and then get this, it says that the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. He wouldn't die before he had seen the consolation of Israel. And then moved by the Spirit, He went into the temple court. So Simeon enters the fray, right? The chaos of the temple. The spirit moved him. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God. So picture this. Simeon in the middle of thousands of people immediately recognizes Jesus and he immediately recognizes who he was and he begins praising God now there's a lot to unpack here but this this man Simeon he is in rarefied air to have the scriptures say about him that he has the spirit of the Lord on him that the spirit of the Lord was upon him That particular language isn't used all that much in the scriptures, especially prior to the Holy Spirit coming after the resurrection of Christ. We see it a few times in the Old Testament. You see a guy like Samson. He had the supernatural strength on him. You know those stories, if you know that story. He he has this supernatural strength going on. He could push over columns of buildings and all these different stories about Samson. You see Moses where the Spirit of God comes on him. You see see, uh, Joshua, you see David, and you see Elijah. You see just a very few people where the Spirit Of the Lord comes on him. And of course you have Jesus whose ministry is predicated by that very statement that the spirit of the Lord will be on him. And then you got this guy, Simeon. (laughs) We don't know much about Simeon, but he is in rare air, right? He's in this space where not that many people have been where the spirit of the Lord is on him, yet we don't know much about him. He's just It's described in the scripture as there was a guy from Jerusalem named Simeon. I think the message version says there was a dude, right? There was a guy from Jerusalem. He's just a guy and he has this interesting moment. We don't know a lot about him. His moment with the kind of the biblical story is brief, but his brief moment is really, really encouraging for us to pause on and consider some things today because like I said, simeon is described as a person with the holy spirit on him now why is that rare why do i keep saying that's rare well acts chapter 1 verse 4 and 5 this is what jesus says about the holy spirit he says he says this after he's resurrected he's speaking to his disciples and he says do not leave jerusalem but wait for the gift now the gift of course is the holy spirit he says, The gift that my father has promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So this is before Simeon occurs. The Holy Spirit hasn't even come in its fullness. But we're going to go back, go back to Luke 22. And I just want you to notice this description, right? The descriptions of Simeon is that the Holy Spirit was on him, that the Holy Spirit revealed to him, and that the, the Holy Spirit Moved in him. So here's why this is encouraging today. Because I believe that the Holy Spirit wants to come upon us in his power, his presence, and his love. The Holy Spirit wants to reveal new things to us. And I believe the Holy Spirit wants to move in us. I wonder how many of us really want to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit that those things are true about us. That he's revealing things to us, new things to us, moving in us, that he's upon us. Right? Simeon's brief interaction with the Savior of the world, gives us a glimpse of a person who I believe is just like us. Simeon isn't anybody that children's Bible stories, they're, not, they're, they're talking about Samson and Moses. There's not many Bible lessons about Simeon, right? He, there's no action figures. There's no moments about Simeon in his life. He's just a guy. He's just a dude from Jerusalem. He's just a guy just like us. But yet his great trait is that he's hungry for God. His great trait is that he's hungry for presence and revelation. So this is a person that God's renewing presence was a part of him. It says that the Holy Spirit was on him, which means it's like, it's almost like this is what he clothed himself in, right? You ever see people and you know who they are by their character and 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 their purpose because they clothe themselves in it you know what i'm talking about you just see things they wear things on them sometimes it can be good things sometimes it can be bad things we can clothe ourselves in things like pride and ego that doesn't look so good does it people clothe themselves in things like work and productivity that's all they care about they clothe themselves in it you see it when you encounter them it feels a little bit like man there's more to life than that or maybe they clothe themselves in, oh, I'm a good person and that's enough. Or they clothe themselves in even things that are, that are hard to see. They clothe themselves in, in anger or shame or insecurity. And we see it because they wear it, right? You guys know what I'm talking about? When people wear those things. And here's a guy and he, what he's wearing, what people see is the Holy Spirit. And picture this scene in the temple. What a story for us. There's a person wearing, if you will, the clothes of the Holy Spirit And the Holy Spirit's revealing to them and moving them. And I just wanted to to put all this out there. Because once we get to this point, now we can really talk. We can talk about what's happening in this story. You know, when we talk about God's presence, we talk about the Holy Spirit. We, we, We use the word God's presence is this phrase, God is with us. Most of us, we feel like, man, I'm so thankful that God is with us. God goes with me. He's before me. He's beside me. He's above me. He's behind me. For a lot of us who know God, that's a comforting thought, but for a lot of us who still have questions about God, sometimes that's a weird thought, right? You're like, hold on, God's with me all the time? Like, he sees everything I do? He knows everything I think? Anybody ever have the thought, like, I wish God didn't see that? <laughs> Anybody have the thought, I wish God didn't know I thought that? Like, God's with me is a little bit, it's a lot. Makes me think of when, uh, a story when Addie was about four years old. Addie's about four years old and, um, she has this not, she's about to go to bed and she she tells me and Chris, she said that she's pretty nervous to go to bed because she's nervous about Santa in the room, watching her sleep. And we were like, what, what are you talking about? It took us a few minutes and it was like, oh, she's talking about the song. He sees you when you're sleeping. <laughs> and she's like, she's picturing full-blown Santa, red suit Santa, sitting in the corner, posted up, watching her sleep. That's called creepy Santa, right? And I think sometimes we kind of picture God like this, like, but I'm just telling you, God, God's present with us. It's not like big brother watching us, right? It's not like, that's not what the word talks about. The word doesn't emphasize that he's going to see all these things that you do that are bad. No, what the the, the scriptures emphasize are different things. It says that the Holy Spirit, for example, is our comforter, right? That he's our guide, that he's our friend, that he's peace. John 14 says, Jesus says, I will be sending the counselor, the Holy Spirit. John 20 says, Jesus said, peace be with you. Then he breathed on them the Holy Spirit, meaning it's peace. Acts 1.8 says, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will receive power. These are different words, right? These are, this is a different understanding of the Holy Spirit. So Simeon had what I'd call the overflowing presence of God on him. A lot of us just have sort of a character trait of the Spirit, like a, one, like a one-time encounter, like oh, I, when, when the Spirit moved really powerful that one time, there was a spiritual moment or we say, I have the spiritual gift. I'm the spiritual gift of encouragement or whatever it is we might say. And so we, we kind of give ourselves this kind of picture of the spirit on us as like a, as a one trait sort of experience. But yet a spirit that's revealing and moving is a spirit that's overflowing. And, and I've, and I've seen the overflow thing explained like this. I have a uh, basic bottle of water here, and uh, would you say that this bottle—I haven't, I haven't opened it—is this, this bottle of water full? Now you might—you might be ahead of me and be like, "No, it's not full." But by industry standards, right? By industry standards, by the world standards, when someone says, "Hey, give me a bottle of water," I want to know an own, open, full bottle of water. This is what they give you, and it's 95% full of water. And five percent, this little area right here, full of air. So, what I'm trying to say is, Fiji, Dasani, and Ozarka are are setting a conspiracy against us. This is no, I'm just kidding. Um, no, what's happening here is we call something full that really isn't full, right? And the only way to full that or to fill that for that to be full is I have to put more water in the in the vessel. Can I call it a vessel today? Because we're a church. The vessel needs something poured into it. Everyone say pour more. More. Okay, okay, I will. I'll pour more, only because you asked. This is called faith. I have my iPad right here. Oh, i got to take this lid off. That's called the Lord teaching me lessons. So we're just going to pour a little more do not even take much and it starts to overflow right this is like basic basic illustrations in preacher 101 right, right, right. right i remember when i did that when i was 19 thought it was powerful now i'm looking at it going what am i doing this lesson today <laughs> <laughs> the only way this is full is when it remains overflowing And when we describe a life with Jesus as being filled with the Spirit, a lot of times what, that, what we think is, well, when I gave my life to Christ, the Spirit came in me and filled me. Right? And there's something that can never be taken from us when through salvation. There is something that we contain that can never, never be taken through salvation. The Spirit's indwelling presence fills us. But, If all I lean on is one experience of what happened with the Spirit, one moment that happened with the Spirit, my salvation, I will always contain a certain measure of the Holy Spirit, but I cannot live by what I contain or have experienced, but my life and your life must be about what flows from me. Only in the continual overflow of God's presence and of the Holy Spirit do we actually remain truly full. We can only remain full when we're overflowing. So when we ask for things like, hey, we want more of the Spirit, what we're saying is we're seeking the overflow of God's presence in our life, and it's in that overflow that not only do we experience new revelation, not only do we experience God moving us in new ways, personally, but it's in the overflow that we bring others into an encounter with the Spirit. You see, when God's resting place, when God's while God's spirit rests on us, when it's upon us, when it's the clothes we wear, when it's what people see when they see us, it brings others into God's story. You see, if God's presence, if we live with God's presence at like a, at like a 95% bottle full, sufficient to most of the world to be seen as full, but until it overflows, we have to ask, ask ourselves, what can God really do through me? Because if everything's contained in me, what's flowing out of me? And so many of us, we live our life with Christ this way, where we have experienced and encountered the presence of God, the spirit of God, and he is contained within us. The spirit is in us, but is it isn't on us yet? The only way it gets on us is to overflow out of us. Jesus actually speaks about this concept of God's Spirit overflowing in John 7. Check this out. It says, Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow. Everyone say flow? Flow. Let's say it again. Everyone say flow. flow? They will flow from within them. By this, he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not been given since Jesus had not yet been fully glorified. This is why the Simeon experience is so cool. He is experiencing this before Jesus even said that. He's experiencing the fullness of the Spirit. That's why he's in rare air. That's why I like the story of Jesus coming, being born. And oh, by the way, I'm going to put the Spirit right after Jesus. In the Scriptures, Luke makes sure to understand that, listen, the Spirit of God is coming, and you're going to see it connected to Jesus. Jesus comes into the world. The Spirit of God is on a man. He's just a man just like you. By the way, he's just like you, which means he can move just like he did in Simeon in you. I love it. John 7 declares that when God has his way in our life, there is a river flowing from within us. And that river is the Holy Spirit. I think Bill Johnson says that the Holy Spirit moves more like a river than a lake. That's who he wants to be. He wants to be a river. He doesn't want to be contained within us. He wants to flow out of us. The Holy Spirit actually wants out of you. (laughs) I love that. To think that the Holy Spirit is not just about what's going on in your life and in your heart. It's not a faith as a private matter. It's a public matter. It's something that he wants you to declare to the world by the things that you wear, the things that you say, the way that you live. To be people where the Spirit is upon us, revealing new things and moving us in new ways. So let's go back to Simeon. There are a few words in the scripture that we already read that I think are important, key thoughts for us to close with today. Simeon is a great example of a life that's a river, not a lake. I want to look at this scripture again, but I want to take time to look at this, the other descriptors that are said about Simeon says this, right? We'll just go back to that scripture. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. The Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's mind. In other words, he was listening to the Holy Spirit, right? Moved by the Spirit, he went to the temple courts, meaning he obeyed what God said, and he went to church. I just thought that was good. When the parents brought the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God. These are just some of the things that are said. Think about this. Think if in three or four sentences someone said this about you that you were righteous, devout, waiting, listening, obedient, and praising. Oh, and by the way, he was also the Spirit of God was on him, the Holy Spirit was revealing new things to him, and the Holy Spirit was moving him. That's a lot in just a few verses. you have to ask yourself like i want the holy spirit to do these things but how does it happen and i see these other words in simeon's life and i can't i can't deny them i can't go oh well you know the spirit moves as the spirit moves god does whatever he wants to do we don't have any control about it we don't have any say in it we don't have any part in it god does what he does you know how many times we just think that the spirit does what he does and we don't do anything in the process yet here's this guy and he's righteous he's devout He's waiting, he's listening, he's obedient, he's praising. He's doing something, isn't he? Now I've been that, hopefully some form of that and I haven't had the spirit move like he moved in Simeon but that doesn't mean, that doesn't mean that he won't. So let's just talk about these few, few character traits said about Simeon. It says that he was righteous. Now, if you're like, what does the word righteous mean? Well, the word righteous is the quality of living right in God's eyes, meaning your character, your conduct, and the command of God, that you actually follow them, that you are righteous in the eyes of the Lord, that you're living right. I feel like righteousness has just been so minimalized in today's culture. It's just been so like, oh, that equals legalism. It doesn't. I promise you it doesn't righteous righteousness is number 1 on the list for this guy's lifestyle then it says he was devout meaning we're deeply devoted to a way of life he was devout he's not sort of he's not halfway he's not in and out he is one life he's waiting meaning he's hoping expectantly and faithfully for God's presence provision power and promises He's waiting faithfully and expectantly. A lot of us, we grow weary of waiting. We stir the pot for revival and if it, you know, for a month and then we get tired of waiting. We stir the pot for hearing the Lord for 28 days as we're about to do. And then we get tired of doing that waiting and we move back to our old ways. And, and here's, here's an active posture, a, a, a character trait. Something that we wear is our waiting because waiting makes us active in hope, expectancy, and in our faith. And he says he was was listening, right? Actively wanting to receive revelation by God's word and spirit. You understand God's word and spirit, we can receive revelation from both, not just from the word, but also by the spirit. It's just like standing on these two legs, I stand on two legs. If I had to stand on one, eventually, I eventually start to lose my balance. But to have balance, I have to have a presence of God's word in my life and the presence of God's spirit in my life. And I have to listen to both. And then he was obedient, meaning he loved, he was loving and living the ways of Jesus. We don't just live the ways of Jesus, we love doing it because it says that if you love me, you will obey my commands. So I don't just live them out of obedience, I love them through my obedience. And I love doing it, that's the way it is. Praising, placing God as the supreme authority and the only one worthy of worship. You see, this is a life that overflows, isn't it? This is a life where the Holy Spirit is upon us, this is a life where the Holy Spirit is revealing new things to us. If you want want the Spirit of God to reveal things to us, I mean, I just feel like there's, there's something connected here for us. If there, A life that the Holy Spirit moves through us. And the encouragement, I, I, I've already said this, but the encouragement I received from this passage as I spent time with it is here you have a guy who's described as a man from Jerusalem. Listen, one time, this, there was, <laughs> one time I had this friend. I had this friend and he was like good at everything. He was like good at fixing computers, fixing cars. He could sing, he could do it all. He could play, play instruments. I was like, bro, like how do you do all this stuff? How have you learn how to do all these things? He says, man, I'm, he's like, here's the way I see it. Every car that's ever been fixed was fixed by a man. I was like, okay. And he said, every computer that's been fixed been fixed by a man. Every, and I was just like, hold on. This kind of plays out in every situation. He's like, yeah. And I was like, so a few years ago I had a, I, had a, I wanted to build a deck in my backyard. And I was like, hold on, every deck that's ever been built has been built by a man or a woman. Get, get, don't, yeah, don't go too far on that. And I was like, I'm a man. So guess what? I didn't YouTube it, I didn't direction it, I didn't download any PDFs, I just bought some wood and built a deck. (laughs) My point is, I was really encouraged by this little story right here in Luke chapter two, that there was a man from Jerusalem named Simeon. And if that man can do it, then I believe anybody, any of us can do this. Any of us can have a life that is righteous, that is devout, that is waiting, that is listening, that is obedient, and that is praising. Any of us can do that. And if we do that, just perhaps, just maybe, by the grace of God, we may get to experience the Spirit of the Lord on us. We may get to experience the Spirit of God revealing new things to us and moving us in new and powerful ways. Maybe, just perhaps, maybe perhaps that'll be the grace of God that we get to experience that kind of gift. Oh, by the way, did I say it's a gift, right? What did Jesus say? What did Jesus say? He said, when you go to Jerusalem, I want you to wait on the gift that the Father has promised. Isn't it so interesting that we just get done celebrating Christmas and we always say that Jesus, and I said it last week, it was the whole message, Jesus is the perfect gift. That's why we celebrate with gifts at Christmas. And then right after Jesus comes, there's this story of the Holy Spirit and then Jesus later says, oh yeah, by the way, the Holy Spirit's the gift. This is like, this endless stream, oh my gosh, river of overflowing goodness from God that just keeps coming gift after gift. This, this is the good news of Jesus. We're, we're in chapter two and we're just getting started. He's still a baby and we've gotten two gifts. So, I just think we need to ask ourselves are we okay? Are we okay with the world standard of 95% full? Or do we want to live a life that is overflowing with the Spirit of God? And in order to do that, there's got to be a few things about my life that has to change. There's a few things about my life that have to reflect a life that wears the Holy Spirit on me because it has to be a life that's overflowing with the presence of God in me so as we close today maybe you can get quiet you can listen and again there could be a piece of you that just says I want to be present in God's presence today so let me just pray for us we're gonna sing in a moment a song um, called rest on us I love the song it's about this idea about the Spirit of God resting on us may that be our prayer as we enter into 2022 as we end this year and start a new one spirit of god would you rest on us would you just get quiet with me for a moment would we just pray we invite the holy spirit holy spirit would you come and would you move we give you this time it's yours it's not ours we surrender it to you we we give it to you and we ask that Lord you would And we just move we ask for revelation we ask for movement we ask for your spirit to start growing in us that Father there would be an overflow of your spirit in this place today would you pour out of us into the into the room and as an encouragement to one another and as a a picture of your grace. Spirit of God, we ask that you would come, that you would be gracious enough to just rest on us today. For a moment or so, maybe just on your own, just echo a prayer like that. Lord, would you rest on me? Would you you overflow